Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast episode. Shoot, I think it's 227. I want to say 227. That sounds right. I'm sticking with it. it. I'm sticking with it. It is 227. <laughs> so, like, that that's a lot of shows, right? 227 weeks we've done this. And, and in a row, I don't think... Have we ever missed an actual week? Like, just not done one? No, I don't think so. That's why I... 227 weeks straight. What is that? My math is obviously bad. That's four... Almost four and a half years, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, anyway, you should know by now, but I'm Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how you doing, my friend? Well, I got my third dose of the vaccine, so feeling a little bit tired, but helping me along the way is this Rolo hot chocolate. Ooh. I'm not selling the stuff, but like it is delish. There you go. That hits the spot. A nice hot chocolate around your favorite time of year, too, no less Christmas. Love Christmas. <laughs> Absolutely love it. I don't know about you, but it's the best time of the year, baby. Love it. Oh, I hate boy. Christmas. God, I can't wait. It's almost over. What's going on with you, buddy? Um, Not quite in the same boat as you. Like getting ready for Christmas, but part of me is getting excited. It's not the same feeling like when you're a kid, like waiting around for the holidays. But I don't know, just have that extra juice coming. I know I have a few off days coming. It's going to be I'm looking forward to the next few days here. It'll be good. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to seeing my family. It's just the whole... Anyways, everyone knows my whole thing with Christmas, but like, <laughs> you're right. It's not the same excitement. I see the excitement on my kids' faces like, oh my God, it's going to be... They're losing their minds. Oh, like, I Christmas see. is coming. They're like, oh, we're going to have gifts here. We're going to go to my parents' house and have gifts. We're going to go to Steph's parents' house and have gifts. And they're like, what? what? Wait, wait, hold the phone. Three times the gifts? Yes mind blown. I wish I could just go back in time and bottle that feeling because there's nothing else like it, you know? Yeah, I, I yeah, this you're right. Like the, the, just the constant gift giving, you're just like, what is all of this? Why will this ever end? <laughs> Please never let this end. Oh, uh, good times, good times. So, let's get into the episode today, Mitch. The NHL is on pause through the 26th. They re- report back then testing play on the 27th so the islanders with all this are gonna miss what three games i guess now two is it two right two, so they, they've got the montreal game and then the washington game that was supposed to happen tomorrow 
That's right. I don't know. I was thinking three because the Islanders always play on Tuesday, and I was counting that in my head. But they there was no game on Tuesday uh, scheduled. No. So, uh, yes, two games. Um, yeah, I mean, at, at this point with the number of positive tests that were coming up league-wide, they had to do something. I, to me, I think the only argument here is that the action was almost a little too little too late. Yeah, that that's how I feel, right? Like, and we've all been there before as Islanders fans, right? Like, you got eight players, and you're going, guys, can you stop this, please? And they're like, no, no, let's just let's see see what happens, and then they finally do it. And you're going, but we've lost five games now because of that, right? And you you didn't stop it. Now they're like, huh, whoa, whoa, there's a competitive disadvantage to people. Let's hold on, and we can be mad about that, and we we rightfully can and should be. But at least, at least the NHL, if there's going to be a positive out of this, the NHL has figured something out going forward and they're not infecting as many. Um, they still waited too little too late, but they at least did something a little bit faster than usual. Right. And they're not the only league that's affected by it. The NFL had to push a few games back. There were games on Tuesday because of the number of people that tested positive. The NBA's canceled a few games. So... Uh, it's not just an NHL issue. Yeah, they're the only one who like completely shut it down. But um, the benefit of all of this, I guess that I, it's not necessarily a benefit, but uh, since they were supposed to be going to the Olympics in February, which is no longer going to be happening, they have a window to make up these games now, which uh, if you want to look for a positive spin, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, and like the Islanders don't have to make up a lot of games, right? We talked about those two, right, against Montreal and against um, my why am I blanking on the Washington at home, and then they've got the two games from earlier in the year, right, when they canceled or postponed the the Islanders games. One was against the Rangers, one against the Flyers. Yep. The Rangers one was already rescheduled to March seventeenth, so you just have to redo the one in Philadelphia, mind you. So there's only two home games that they have to redo, and then one away in a three week span. They're going to be able to do that. I, I see that uh, Isles Fix put out uh, their schedule on their, their newsletter. If you haven't subscribed, I would suggest to do so. It's great to have that every weekday. Um, and, and in their newsletter from yesterday, they had the, the uh, calendar for UBS Arena. And there, there's stuff on there, but there's that one week, the middle of February, where there's absolutely nothing. That's when the games are going to happen right there. Yeah, I would imagine so. That's That's perfect. You play a couple there. And with it being against Philly, like... That's a two-hour drive. It's not crazy far. Like it, you're not dreading. It's not like it was a West Coast trip. Like oh my god, we got to figure out when we're going out to San Jose. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're right. So they they can make these up easily, and it's, it's going to happen. Uh, and there's still going to be some sort of break, I would imagine, there because unless they just take the end of the season and just like truncate it, like we're just going to move it into February, guys. And I, I just can't imagine they're going to rejig the entire schedule like that. Rejigging four games for the Islanders and maybe some other teams, a few more. All right, that that's that's much more doable than like let's take all of March, April, and the beginning of May and redo the whole thing. No, that's just not going to happen because we have to remember like these arenas all have other things going on, like ice capades or whatever the hell, the concerts and boxing matches and, and UFC. I'm sure wrestling, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Like you have to. Like, of course, in a perfect world, or just in our world, I guess, we're focusing this from the league, the NHL's perspective. But you're right. Each one of these venues, they have other obligations, too. 
some they some of them share with the basketball team. That's one, or, or like you said, you know, WWE, a concert, uh, whatever, uh, ice capades. Um, so it's a little bit complicated, but I think you're gonna take the complications in order to, I don't know, try to do the right thing, I guess. Yeah, they're they're going to do that, and it's not going to be a whole rejigging of the schedule. It's just again, as it stands right now, four games. I can't imagine the NHL uh, postponing any more than that, um, unless they change the way they do testing. I suppose, right? Because right now they're still testing asymptomatic people, which I'm perfectly fine with. I have no problem with that. Like I know there, there's some debate, like, well, it's more of a a screening uh, methodology than a control methodology. And uh, all right, fine. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not going to get into the merits of doing either or. But like to me, if you can find it, why the heck not? Uh, The only disadvantage is you get false positives, right? Uh, But when we look at the Islanders, how many false positives have they had so far? One? Yeah, it was the bow one, I think, right? Right? So like all the players that have been positive so far for the Islanders would have stayed on there minus Bo. Although, does, mm, I say that now, but like, what about Matt Martin and Robin Sallow? Like, we're doing this on the fly here. Because their issue wasn't that they were positive necessarily. They test back in time. So Exactly, right? Yeah, so that might be the the one the one rebuttal to that, I would say. I would bring that up. I think that's completely fair to bring that up as a... Uh, reason against it. Uh, it, it's, I don't know. It's not a, to me, there's a lot of gray area here. It's not like a, this is the right way to do it. And this is a wrong way to do it. They're still trying to figure this out on the fly, even though it's been, you know, a year and a half, two years of this. So, um, I don't know if there is really a perfect plan and, you know, maybe they do have to make an adjustment now going forward based on, you know, some of the things that they've learned this year with their testing. They're at least going to have to talk about it. And I I would rather they not rather they don't, but I I don't care if they they don't change it. But with the way the NFL, the NBA and now even just the discord within the league because of those two other leagues, I would imagine they're they're going to have a serious discussion about asymptomatic testing and that might change. Um, And I think all that's really going to do is bring the numbers down, which is what they want to see. Right. The fewer players off because of COVID, the more, the less likely they are to postpone games, the more likely they are to complete the season, which is what they really want to do and why they're not going to the Olympics. Right. Which I think, you know, steering the conversation that way, Mm -hmm. it sucks, but I think that that was definitely the right call. It really does. I know there's still some discussion, like some players I've heard are just still really want to go and like, all right. Are you sure about that? Like, look at how quickly Omicron is spreading. And now you're going to go to China, which whatever. Let's say you get it. That's a five week quarantine. What? That's wild. Yeah. Um. I don't speaking for me personally, I would not be willing to take that risk of if God forbid I was to get it there. Now I can't come back for like you said over a month i i'm i'm all good there yeah right and it sucks for some players like guys like steven stamkos who are just kind of like well i guess i'm never going to play for team canada i suppose awesome um or even guys like the patrick kane spoke today about like 
with Austin Matthews. It would have been great to be able to play with a guy like that. Now, he doesn't quite go to where Steven Stamkos was going. Like, I probably won't ever play at the Olympics again. But they're around the same age. So, like, there's a possibility that you might not see Patrick Kane line up with Austin Matthews, which is probably the best center they've had at the American level for a long time. Um, and, and their best winger not play together at the Olympics. That sucks. No, it does. And and like, like I said, it would have been fun. And like, yeah, I'm bummed that we're not going to be able to see that. But at the same time, like, if you think about it logically, how could you possibly, from the league's perspective, be willing to take that risk of, God forbid, like Austin Matthews goes and tests positive. Now what? The Toronto Maple Leafs are screwed because he went to represent his country, which, again, great honor, awesome, but his obligations to the NHL, no? And to the Maple mm-hmm. Leafs? Yeah, absolutely. Financially, they'll be fine, but they don't care financially necessarily if they're not winning, uh, although the Maple Leafs, I'm sure, will be fine. But, like, switch that to the Islanders, right? 2014, we all remember what happened there. Right. Yes, John Tavares gets hurt. It derailed right? everything. And he was on, like, a heart-winning season. Exactly. So very, um, it was frustrating then. And that wasn't obviously, that's a situation you don't want to deal with. And probably part of the reason why, um, you know, people didn't want them to go last time. And it's just, don't know. It's complicated. Yeah. From an Islanders perspective, there's a bit of a positive in so much as like, you've got guys like Pellick, Barzal, and probably Sorokin at the very least who are no longer going to the Olympics and are going to be able to stay here. And the way that I wrote it is that, well, the the Islanders have played a ton of hockey over the last couple of years. Like there's only three teams who've played more games that includes the playoffs than the Islanders. And that's Tampa, Boston, and Vegas, I believe. That's it. That's the list. And even then, Boston is like one game more than the Islanders. So like they're right there in terms of most games played over the last three years. And, Three of the guys, at least two of them, that's Barzal and Pelic, have starring roles in those three years and play a ton of minutes. So there, there's going to be some fatigue for sure. Uh, if you can like not have them go to, to China, which is a, a stressor in and of itself, specifically within a pandemic, and then play like five to four to six, like really stressful and, and energy sucking games and then come back and play the rest of the season? If you can avoid that middle chunk there, might as well. Yeah, no, exactly. And like you said, it's they're all high-intensity games. It's not like, I don't know, a, a scrimmage or a preseason game where you're going, I don't know, three-quarter speed and just trying to get right. No, it's the intense. It's like playing, I don't know, a playoff series just about. And then coming yeah. back. I guess the, the, there might be like the one game where like they play France or something and you're like, lols. Oh, right. Maybe. Maybe. Right, but still, it's almost like playing a playoff series in the middle of the season, going back, finishing your regular season, and then doing the playoffs for real if you get there. Yeah, absolutely. On bigger ice and everything, right? Yeah. So, like, there's more room to skate and so on. It's just, yeah, but uh, it's, it's a whole thing. I'm not glad that they're not going, um, but I can find a positive in, in them not going. Yeah, of course. Exactly. So, uh, anything else on the COVID situation, how it impacts the Islanders or anything like that? No, it's it's gonna it's not going away anytime soon. So, it is what it is. Uh, there's gonna be more developments, I'm sure, as the season progresses. But um, 
the NHL is dealing with it as best they can, I feel. Absolutely. So we're going to transition, and the second thing we want to get into is Kiefer Bellows, who's been playing pretty good, actually, the last few games. It's got four points in his last five. Yeah, so four in his last five, uh, two goals, two helpers. Uh, so good stuff from him. But the thing is, the ice time is not there. And I'm not necessarily complaining about it like I was when it came to Oliver Wallstrom. No, it's it's definitely different. Um, and I know that Bellows is, you know, he's been productive, which is great. But he's not the same dynamic kind of player that Oliver Wallstrom is. So I, I guess how I'm trying to say it, his ceiling is limited. Like, I don't think with... Him getting 15 minutes a night, his game is suddenly going to go to this next level where you could probably make that case for Oliver Wallstrom and bumping up who he's playing with, too. Yeah, so like the ice time for, for Kiefer Bellows over the last five, I think it is, yeah. Goes eight minutes, puts up two points there. That was the Ottawa game. Then at 16 minutes against Nashville, 11.55 New Jersey, 9.28 Detroit, 7.40 against Vegas. And it's not like... He's got five minutes worth of penalties against Vegas, so... Imagine that ice time goes up a little bit there, but it's still not going up above 11 minutes. So like that, that ice time is going down consistently. And it's not because his production isn't there. Like you said, five points over the last four games, one, two, three, four, five, sorry, five games. Um, but it's his play away from the puck or, or even with it when he's not literally scoring goals. It's just, he's not playing. It's not as clean as Barry Trotz would like it to be. No. And that's, always going to be an issue and that's he's not going to get that chance until he cleans that up but is there anything in his game in what is this year three for him in the nhl that is giving indicating that that's going to change anytime soon kind of like he's he's got a little bit of it all he can shoot he can pass He's maybe not the greatest skater, but that's fine. Um, he's an okay skater. He's physical, right? He's not shy to use the body. Uh, he's not shy to fight either. We saw that with just about every prospect, right? Wallstrom, Dobson, and now uh, Bellows have all dropped the mitts over the last couple of games. Right. Um, but the thing is, is that his execution isn't always there. He drifts in and out of games, right? Where like, uh, I'm here one minute and I'm not the next. And that's not, I don't imagine any sort of, um, conscious effort or lack thereof by him. I think that's just how how he does things, and he needs to be constantly like brought back, like kind of like a typewriter, just brought back to the margin, but for him, brought back to attention type of thing um, until he eventually gets it, whenever that is. So, like, your question, is there something there NHL-worthy? I think so. Is it top six? Probably not. More like a middle six, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I think... You know, would it surprise me if he eventually carves out a third line? Would it roll? No. Um, here, that's kind of where I'm still questioning. I don't know if he has a future here with this team. Like, is he on this roster playing right now if Kyle Palmieri isn't down with a lower body injury? No, I don't think so. And that's it. And Kyle Palmieri has fewer goals than Keeper Bellows does. Yeah, that's a scary thought. But you're right. But you're right. Like... No, he's probably a healthy scratch. Right. He doesn't have many more or fewer goals than Kiefer Bellows. Bellows only has the one extra goal on Kyle Balmeri. Um, But still, how many points does Kyle have? Is it at seven? Why can't I bring it up? Mm -hmm. Here it is. Um, You're right. It's seven points. So 
He's only got two points more than Kiefer Bellows does. But we already know that Kiefer Bellows is not a lock to be in this lineup. The second that Kyle Palmer, he's like, hey, coach, I'm good. Bye-bye, Chief Keef. You're out. Yeah, RIP in peace, man. It's all over there for him. Um, Which thinks, like, yeah, you would like to see someone. He's young. He's only 23, you know, should be, like, getting into his prime. But uh, he, he struggled to get the wheels going consistently. And maybe it's, uh, hey, you're playing better. Great. We're going to use you now in a in a trade package and, and get you somewhere you could have a regular role. I, I think that's the best bet. Look, look, I don't think that this guy has the ceiling we all thought he may have when he was drafted 19th overall. Um, that doesn't mean to say he's not an NHLer. It's just that he's probably not going to be that top-line NHLer. But um, th- there's still something there. They're just trying to coax it out of him, whatever that happens to be. But... Um, He's got to learn a few like systematic things still, which was the uh, the drawback from Oliver Wallstrom like two years ago. Yeah, but he learned it. He did, and he learned it quick. No, he did. And you know, unfortunately, everyone learns and develops at different paces, so it's not like you can't really do a one to one comparison there. But Wallstrom looks like he's finally seized his opportunity. He's second on the team in points now with fifteen, uh, with and eight goals. Like. He, he very much so looks like he's, okay, he's a regular, he's going to be a mainstay, and his ice time's going to go up. He's at, on average, 13 minutes, 14 seconds. Uh, I, I think by year's end, that's going to be a few minute, a couple minutes higher, but um, it's just he, he seemed to take that opportunity where Kiefer Bellows, unfortunately, hasn't had that chance just yet. Yeah, and on the ice time with with Oliver Wallstrom, you're right. He's averaging like some 13 minutes. But over the last three games, 15-14, he he's, he's trending at 15 minutes over the last couple of games. So you're dead right. Like he's going to be well over that 13 minutes come the end of the season. I expect somewhere around the 15-minute mark. And like he's doing well with it. He's only got the two points over those three games. Um, but he's playing with, let's be honest, Jean-Gabriel Peugeot. And Anders Lee in a top line role. Um, it's his first time playing there. It's his first time doing that. But like uh, the flashes of talent are there with Oliver Wallstrom. Even when he's not literally scoring goals, the moves he's making to open up the ice, Eppelai, look out. Right. And that's kind of why I think I'm I'm ready to see him with Matt Barzell now. Yeah, I can't wait to see Matthew Barzell. Like he's he seems to have learned, like you said, his lesson. Um, something that Kiefer Bellows has not yet done, but you're right. Once Bellows does, I'm trying to bring this back to Bellows instead of just focusing on, on, on Wallstrom because we, we, we we're going to gush on him yeah. a lot Sorry. over the next couple of years. Right. Um, if he can learn that lesson, things will open up for him. And obviously, just look at Wallstrom's ice time, right? Yeah. And that's Sans Barzal. Once Barzi's there, oh, balai. And the same thing could happen with Kiefer Bellows. Once he figures that out, again, I still don't think his ceiling is a top line player, but if he could like regularly line up with, or at least challenge Anthony Beauvillier for a spot on that second line with Brock Nelson, that should bring out the best of not only Kiefer Bellows, but Anthony Beauvillier. Yeah, agreed. But there's no reason that he can't. Um, And like Beauvillier's really struggled this year. Only four goals, eight points. He was a healthy scratch. Like, I would say based on what we've seen, Beauvillier probably the, the you know, definitely the, the better player, but there's no reason 
to think that um, Bellows, at, at minimum, like you said, can't push him or be a, th- a threat there. Yeah, once he learns how to play the system and do the things that Barry wants him to do, I really think he could and should be pushing Anthony Bovillier for a spot. Um, but he hasn't done that yet, right? Like, the turnovers in the neutral zone. He did that like three times against Vegas. Come on, buddy. Um, the, 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 the peel-aways when you don't have to. The lack of commitment sometimes. You're like, ah, these, these little things. And then he'll go and score a goal. And you're like, yeah, but you didn't do those other things. You know Barry Trotz is going <laughs> to put you on the bench for doing that. Right, and then you can get into the whole debate on whether that's the right move or not from from Barry Trotz's perspective. But I don't. Well, we've seen so many times already this year the Islanders have lost games because they haven't done the little things well. So I, I almost don't blame him for putting so much stress or emphasis on it. That's exactly it, right? So it's they can't. They, <laughs> The one goal he does every like five games isn't enough to justify him make like causing two or three type of thing. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he has played better, but we just don't know if this means a regular role for him. I'm going to lean towards no. I don't think so. I think it leans towards, like you were saying, some sort of trade package to see him go bye bye. Absolutely. So uh, with that, shall we get to some down on the farm? Sure. Um, so the Bridgeport Islanders, I believe, are done now. I don't have the game open anymore. Let me look it up. They were up like 4-1 at one point, and then it was tied 5-5 with like a couple minutes left in the third period. They won. There you hey. go. In the shootout, I believe, 6-5. So good job by them for bringing this one home after being well ahead in the third period. Um, but the reason I want to steer it towards the Bridgeport Islanders is there's two guys I want to talk about. Uh, one is Grant Hutton. This guy hasn't stopped scoring since he was sent back to the Bridgeport Islanders from the NHL. He's got two goals today for the Bridgeport Islanders. That brings him up to six points, sorry, seven points in his last one, two, three, four, five, six games. Wow. It's clear that he wants to be back at the NHL level, and that's how you do it, right? Yeah. Is you perform, you do well, and you put a point. He's, he's, definitely, he's definitely done that, so... I mean, hats off to him there. I mean, we, you want to see that. It's. I didn't think he would have like a regular NHL role, but just keep fighting for it. Like that. That's all we want, right? It's the competition. Yeah, you know, the competition brings the best out of everyone. So he's got nine points um, so far this year. That's not a career high, but that's nine points in seventeen games. His career high is twenty-one and fifty-five. Um, if this holds times 55, let me just make sure he's on pace for 29. So he's going to kill his, his previous career high at the AHL level. And like the, the actual Islanders, the NHL ones could use him. Sure. Right. Like you could use a, a solid bottom pair right-handed defenseman right now. Cause you've only got two guys on the right side right now. That's uh, very, very true. They have been playing someone on their offside, which they've, they've made work, but it's not, an ideal situation to be in. You know, Barry Trotz doesn't normally like to do that unless he absolutely has to. No, exactly. So um, I don't imagine call-up is coming because, well, what's his name? Ryan Pollock, that's who it is, is probably going to be back on the team shortly. I think he's going to start skating soon enough, and so they, they probably won't won't call him up to, to do that. They like Ajo. They like Salo more than they like um, Grant Hutton. So 
we'll see. But next year, I would imagine he's he's on the cusp to make the team as a as a third third pair. Pardon me, hit my mic there. Third pair right-handed defenseman. Okay, I like that. And uh, the next guy I wanted to bring up from Bridgeport is Jakob Skarik, who didn't have a great outing numbers-wise today with an 875 save percentage, um, but he was standing on his head for the Bridgeport Islanders and has played well over the last couple of games. Last weekend, he had back-to-back games in less than 24 hours, and he had a 966 and a 938 save percentage for the Bridgeport Islanders. Wow, good stuff. Um, again, standing on his head. That's three games in a row now where he is standing on his head trying to help his team. And, of course, they pumped five past him today, uh, but his team was giving him nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Like, the Hartford Wolfpack were completely in the Bridgeport Islanders and the entire third period. And they, they did nothing about it. Aside from, like, one, like, rope a play, which I think was actually in the second period and not in the third. There was nothing going there. Yeah, just one of those games where the team in front of them is hanging out, hanging them out to dry. Yeah, and so he's doing well. Um I don't imagine he's going to be called up, obviously. There, there's no need to do so. Uh, but but next year, you know, maybe if his play stabilizes, they could be like, all right, well, maybe we could use you as a backup. I'm not sure they're there just yet, but they're, they're certainly considering that as a possibility. Obviously, you still have Simeon Varlamov signed to contract, so unless you're moving him, you don't you don't have to make this, discuss, this, this decision. Right. But if they do end up moving him, this is one of the decisions they might have to take. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's kind of the plan all along from when they drafted him is like, okay, this maybe we could groom him him, in, ugh, him into being our long-term backup. Yeah, so g- good stuff, right? Like that's that's a good pick to turn into something maybe at the NHL level, uh, doing well enough at the AHL level. So good, good value there. And then there's Reese Newkirk, who was sent to the ECHL the other day. Um, so Colin Adams came up. He went down in his first game at the ECHL level. My man puts up three points. Oof. Okay. <laughs> so it, it, the discussion around him quickly went from like, what's he going to be at the ECHL level? Can he perform to like, what the hell is this kid ceiling? Uh, it, it doesn't. It's not that he's already above the ECHL. It's only been one game. But it's clear that he's got something maybe more than the ECHL, which we all kind of thought. Like, there was no question that he's probably going to do well at the ECHL level, just not this well. So we'll see how it goes for the next couple of games. I'm sure he'll stay there for a little bit. Um, although Colin Adams did not play for Bridgeport today, so we'll see what's up with that. Okay. Um, but keep an eye out on Reese Newkirk. And I, I'm sure I said that before, but there, there's something there with this kid. Not to say that he's going to break into the NHL and be like a top-end player, but if he does break into the NHL is going to be as a bottom line center yep. for sure. Absolutely. But, but a good one, a good one, a hardworking player in all, in all three zones. Okay. You need guys like that though. Absolutely. So good, good stuff there from him. Um, and now that's really all I've got. The prospect pool is quiet because we're all going into a Christmas break. So there's not a whole lot of action right now. College is out or at least college hockey is out. Um, this was the last one from the Bridgeport Islanders today. And there isn't a whole lot more going on. The Finnish league has been on pause for a little bit. They should be uh, getting back into gear on the 26th. So it's all pretty quiet. Yes. So we'll have to keep an ear out for that. But like the NHL, it's a little quiet right now, which is okay. Absolutely. So with that, quiz time. Let's do it. 
As we do every week, there's a mystery New York Islander for you, Matt, and you at home to guess. Uh, the person has nothing to do with the show episode. It used to be that way. It is no longer because it gets really hard to, you know, make that link. Uh, and I'm lazy. Uh, so your quiz master here has got five clues for you. They get progressively easier as you go. This player has played for the New York Islanders at some point in their career. And that's why they're being, being brought up. And it just came to mind. So either way, are you ready, Matt, to guess who this mystery New York Islander is? Let's do it. First clue. I'm 50 years old. 50. Uh, okay, next. Two. I was drafted in the fifth round. 50 years old, fifth round. He can't be that old. Ziggy Palfy? He can't be that old. Incorrect. Okay, next. Three. At the NHL level, I've played for the Islanders, the Oilers, and the Avalanche. Islanders? Just those three teams? At the NHL level, yes. Okay, next. Four. I held a 277 goals against average and a 902 save percentage for the Islanders between 1994 and 1999. Um. Oh, boy. Felix the Cat Potman. Incorrect. That era, but Five. I'm not related to Robin Sallow. He's Finnish. I'm Swedish. Oh, uh, so t was it Tommy Sallow? There you there go. You go. Okay. Yeah, didn't Milbury make him cry? Yes, okay. he did. R.I.P. R.I.P. So I just brought him up because of Robin Sallow, the connection, the name was there, and then I really just needed something because no one else was really coming to mind today. Okay, we'll take it. Tommy Sallow. I was in the right era. just picked the wrong goalie. Ah, well, hey, that's all that matters, right? And it's all for fun anyways. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're going to swing it around, see what's going on in the social segment. What do you got for us this week, Mitch? First one here comes from the score, and the, the score doesn't really matter necessarily. They matter, but like not for this anyways. Uh, Sinitian requests trade from Bruins. Doesn't feel like he's in the mix. And that's the third player from the 2015 draft class, the first round draft class by the Bruins, who wants out of Boston. Now, all three of them. Uh, now, hold on. <laughs> you might have to. You might have to refresh my memory here, Mitch. Um, yeah. The the Bruins, excuse me. They had, if I memory serves correct, they had three draft picks in a row. Yes. And then they didn't take Matt Barzell three times in a row, and then the Islanders did. That is correct. Okay. Just want to clarify that that was the order in which it <laughs> happened. Okay. Good to know. Thank you. And Matthew Barzell very much does not want to trade right now. We might not know where he is, but he does not want to be traded. <laughs> That's a perfect segue to mine because uh, Nashville Predators tweeted out at 813 tonight, did they ever find Matt Barzell? Which, I don't know. Have they confirmed where he is? Well, Barry said something in the last post game, I think it was, where he said that they were both off the roster, he and... I guess it was Matt Martin and Robin Salo. Mm -hmm. He implied that he basically knew Matt Matt Barzell where he was, um, but not directly. Not as in saying like, hey, we've checked in and we know he's in a hotel in Detroit and this is a hotel. But he's basically said like, I think they know where he is. Gotcha. Okay, well, that's a positive. I, I'm sure as heck at this point. <laughs> Where's Waldo? Yeah, because that might be a problem if you can't find Matthew Barzell. Could be. 
Um, yeah, but I, what else you got? Next one here comes from. Sorry, uh, Rich. Everyone knows who Rich is. Z-Man Isles. Forget about White Christmas mm-hmm. this year. I'm dreaming of a trade for Chitron. Oh yeah, that's a good. That's a good Christmas dream. I would. I would love that. Wrote about it this past week because it was brought up. Yeah, who brought it up? Elliot Friedman, right? I believe yeah. so. Yeah. Um, that's that's such a dream. I would love it. I just don't think the likelihood is very high. Yeah, I don't think so either. Cause just because the price is going to be ridiculous, and the Islanders would have to give up what first Aratu, Bo, maybe something, and maybe not that. That should be enough, I think. But that's still a lot, right? You're giving off a top six left wing. You're giving off your first round pick, your third one basically now, um, and and Aratu who should be a top six center at the NHL level. Yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot, but, but this is a guy who you could play 25 minutes a night who's making under $5 million a year for multiple years. And is popping in, what, like 17 goals last time, or is it 18? I think it was 18, and he's 23, 24? He's still very young. He's still quite young. He's popping in. He hasn't peaked yet, and he's still popping in 18 goals from the blue line. Come on. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, would, I would probably make that trade, but, like, I could see why the Islanders might not be jumping to go and do it. I also would, but it also you don't know if Arizona wants to move him. They might want to be like, okay, this is our building block guy. Yeah, I know they're they're gauging the interest and, and basically what teams are willing to do. Um, I think they're checking what the market is on him, but um, it's going to be a big market. Yeah. I I can't see any team being like, no, I think we're good. Right, but w- when you're as bad as Arizona, you have to at least check. But more than likely, I think he is staying put. Yeah, if you can rebuild the pipeline and be like the Carolina Hurricanes that have 10 players going to the World Junior Championships this year, you, you kind of need to do that for make Arizona perspective. Right, absolutely. Uh, my next one comes from All Things Isles, and they say, Thomas Grice makes his return to the island on December 29th. Among Isles goalies, fifth in games with 193, fifth in wins, 101, first in save percentage, minimum 100 games played, 915. Playoffs, 16 games, seven wins, 921 save percentage, 241 goals against. Greiser deserves all of our love, which I agree. Robin Leonard got our love last week, and rightfully so, more than deserving. And Thomas Grice was a great Islander too. He needs his love on the 29th. Yeah, absolutely, right? Like those couple of years where he saved their bacon coming in as the backup mm-hmm. and just be becoming the, the, the regular. Hey, and he played very well in, in that role. So, like, yeah, he deserves a lot of love. Yeah. Because we got a lot out of him when we weren't expecting it. No, he was just supposed to be Halak's backup. And then Halak went down two years in a row, If I, right? He missed time yep. in 15-16, too. And then was a big baby because we had three goalies, which, you know, to be fair, was stupid, was but still, yeah, was. still didn't need to be a big baby about it. And I ended up going to the AHL for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, did you have anything else? Last one here comes from Fisherman HKY or hockey. Uh, and it's a, it says, I love you, Butch. And uh, the picture here is my heart and resting, exercising. So the heart is like resting yeah, yeah. and exercising. And then it's going nuts when it says, when Butch says, look out. <laughs> I, I love that because Brendan will be like in the middle of usually like saying something, but like at a, at a calm demeanor, like it's just it very much so changes the tone because he'll say look out and then Brendan starts going nuts like, oh, in on a breakaway is, you know, player X, Y, Z. 
Yeah. And it, every time it gets me the same way. Like if I may not be paying attention because I'm either writing something or checking something else out, the second you hear that, it's yeah, you're yeah. looking at the screen. What am I missing here? Right. Well, I mean, sometimes it happens. Some you're checking Twitter, you're you're looking down. Sometimes you're writing something. But anytime you hear a, a look out, you're as you said, eyes right on the screen. Yeah, and it's sometimes not even like a guaranteed of a breakaway. It's the possibility of one happening, right? Like he sees it happening, going like, "Oh boy, here we're putting being put in a position that that could kill us," and it doesn't ever come to fruition. But like he sees it, so you get to see what like feel it the way he's feeling. Perfect. That's exactly what I want from a color commentator. Yeah, between that in the toy department, um, <laughs> the mispronunciation of names and the penalty shot calling those are that's my <laughs> mount rushmore of butch goring isms he's perfect he's perfect the way he is i, I love it I, I feel the same way fisherman i love him absolutely so before we go get some plugs in here wherever you listen to the show please make sure to subscribe give a rating and review that really helps us out a lot we appreciate all the love and support you could also follow along with us on social media at eyes on isles fs on twitter my Twitter is Matt O'Leary and why Mitch is TLO Mitch Facebook, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You could also visit the website eyes on aisles.com for our articles. And last but not least, check out the Patreon patreon.com slash eyes on aisles, where you can be a patron for $5 a month and you get a mailbag show, which we're about to do right now. Uh, you get a post game podcast after every game, you get a discord channel and a whole lot of fun, right? Mitch. Absolutely. We got a mailbag coming up. A couple of questions there about how cold it is in Canada and why I live here. So that's going to be a fun time. Love it. So that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson, and we will catch you next time.